praise God demons flee I need to say something right now we rebuke and curse every demonic assignment over you and your family in the name of Jesus to go in the name of Jesus. Get off that child of God. That son and daughter belongs to Jesus. Devil, you must go in the name of Jesus. There's breakthrough in the house tonight. There's breakthrough in the house tonight. Makes a way where there seems to be no way. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. Hallelujah. Tonight is a night of victory. Tonight is a night where we tell the devil step back get to stepping devil get off my family get off my bloodline get off my lineage get off my son get off my daughter get off my children tonight is the night we didn't come here to play church we came here to be the church My Bible still says mm, that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every hand lifted. There's breakthrough in the house tonight. God is breaking through that situation. God is breaking through that problem demonic entity and forces are leaving the situation there's freedom in the house who the sun sets free is free indeed there's freedom in the house 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 online there's freedom right where you're at we declare freedom when you're free you know you're free let me say it. when you're free you know you're free when the shackles and chains have been broken you know you're free when you're free you're free running is the language of freedom to run there's no chains holding you back when God sets you free From a nice workbook, 
my freedom came from Jesus Christ and the Word of God. A work work didn't save me, but the blood of Jesus saved me and set me free. The blood of Jesus still has power. The blood of Jesus heals. The blood of Jesus delivers. The blood of Jesus sets the captive free. Church that worships the King of 
favorite picture. There was a boy that was blind. Just look at his left eye. Never seen in his life. That's his mother in the white. We prayed for him. Watch what happened to his eye.
I want to, everybody go back to your seat. I want our guests to have full liberty here tonight. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap. Hallelujah. 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 Ushers, hurry down. We want to, this weekend, we are taking up our first fruits offering. It is for kingdom building efforts. We are planning more crusades. We are believing from this church for 100,000 souls to be saved this year through this church. And we believe Pastor Tony in this outpouring in Los Angeles will be strategic in helping to reach those goals as well. We have crusades planned, more of them planned in El Salvador and Honduras and different things that are happening internationally. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. How many love Jesus here tonight? How many love Jesus? Come on. Give Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with your first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty vats will overflow with new wine I am praying as our church sows a first fruits offering that we are going to experience greater things this year than we've ever experienced all weekend every service we started last night we'll be taking up these offerings all weekend long all first belong to God. All first belong to God. And we're starting this year off right. And we are believing that God, we saw over 200 documented miracles last year. I'm believing for more. I'm believing for more in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 There's still a church in California that ain't going to back down, that's going to stand tall and preach the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ with power, with miracles, signs, and wonders. I don't care how many times the governor wants to close down the state. We're going to praise God all the days of my life. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, people, you can give online. There's a tab through our, uh, through cr.city slash give. There's first fruits tab there. We're going to take up this offering. Natalie, I want you to come up here. I want you to pray for the offering. I am married to the most amazing woman on planet Earth. So blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands, lift our gifts. Lift this first fruits offering, Lord. We thank you, we honor you, we glorify your holy name. God, we don't plant this in vain. Lord Jesus, 
Jesus, we ask for the breath of heaven to breathe on what we put in your hand here tonight. We thank you, Jesus, that souls will be saved through this. God, that land will be taken through this. Lord, miracles, signs, and wonders for your glory. Demonstration for a lost world to know you, to see you. And Jesus, I declare with every hand lifted and every faith offering gifted Jesus, then miracles will be made manifest. God, we curse lack in the name of Jesus. As we plant this seed, Lord God, we ask for you to break through with the iron fist of heaven. Anything that's hindered, anything that's blocked, anything that's been standing in the way of your perfect will in the lives of your saints, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for every gift, for every sower, for every first fruits offering, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that it's sown in faith. And we ask you right now, Lord God, to do what only you can do through this. Lord, multiply and increase multiplication. Your miracle working power released through this. God, that every harvest be released through this. Lord, let this seed activate a release of every harvest for 2022. At the beginning of this year, Lord, we sow this. We sow this first fruit, Lord God. And we ask for 2022 to be the greatest season of harvest in every life under the sound of my voice. And every giver online, we ask for the harvest to be released. The harvest to be released. The harvest to be released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Jesus' Everyone say amen. amen. As the ushers go past, just stand to your feet. I want to give honor to our guests. And we are so blessed as a church to have Pastor Tony with us. I, I met him several years ago just briefly. And recently we've been in so much more communication. And I have really blessed to know him. I am blessed by his walk with Jesus. He's a man of God. And he's been through hell, he's been through hell and high water. And he's still serving Jesus with passion and fire. He's an inspiration to so many of us. And I am so blessed. So blessed he's here tonight. So blessed. So honored. So humbled. And we are so grateful. Can we give Pastor Tony a big hand clap and just welcome him? Hallelujah. It is an honor to be with you tonight. Es un honor el poder estar con ustedes en esta noche. Para alabar. Bendecir, glorificar y exaltar el nombre de Jesucristo en alma. Todo lo que respira, alabe a Jehová. Let everything praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. I saw someone running around here with a Nashville outpouring t-shirt. Where'd you go? Run up here with those t-shirts. Mercy me. 
Get up here, Nashville outpouring. In the middle of a pandemic or plandemic, whatever you call it, I don't live it, that's your business. I want you to get canceled on Facebook, whatever you call it. When everyone was shutting down, God spoke to me and he said, For as Pentecostal as you tell everyone you are, you've never had a tent revival. I said, Well, I don't have a tent. God said, well, I'll take care of that. So we set up a tent in Nashville, and we called it the Nashville Outpouring. We didn't know if anybody was going to come. I tried to get a tent that would seat 300 because my insecurity told me nobody's going to come. Over 4,000 people came to Nashville. Some people flew in from California to Nashville. Over 400 people were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Over 107 people were water baptized in that wonderful name. Healing, signs, miracles took place. Vanessa, where'd you go? You got my picture ready now? And then God spoke to my heart and he said, not just Nashville, but it's time to come to Los Angeles. It's time to come back to the West Coast and tell Governor Newsom and tell the devils of hell, this land belongs to Jesus of Nazareth. So we're coming. We're coming. And we're going to get you to buy a new t-shirt that says the Los Angeles outpouring. God bless you, brother. Brother, brother, uh, I'm, I'm a little old-fashioned. Brother Brian, run up here for just a minute again. Uh, Sister Vanessa, I'm new. I know I'm new here, but put that picture back up of the boy that had the blind eye. Because somebody at home watching, Brother Brian, you go stand on that side. We're, we're going to film a commercial right now. Where's the, where's the camera? Where am I looking? Right there? For those of you, hold up, he wants to be in it too. For those of you watching at home, this young man, what country was this in, Brother Brian? This is in El Salvador. This is Pastor Brian Bolt, pastor of a revival church in Whittier, California. You all went, your church went to El Salvador. Yes, sir. This boy was blind his entire life in his eye. For you watching at home, I want you to look at that eye. They prayed the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus, and then look what God did. That's the God that we serve. Come on. And that's the God that's going to heal multiplied hundreds at the Los Angeles outpouring. We're going to set up a miracle tent in Los Angeles. And the God that healed that boy is going to heal you, deliver you, and set you free. Give him praise if you believe it. I got an elder in my life, a mentor. She's 89 years young. Her name is Bishop Ann Jimenez. Pastors a little church of 4,000 people in Virginia Beach at 89 years old. And she said that when you see stuff like this happen, when you see people get blessed, you don't get jealous. Because God doesn't bless jealousy. 
you get an attitude and compare each other and say, why do they got a, why they got this and I don't. And God, she said, Tony, God can't do anything with that. She said, but when you see someone get blessed or you see a man of God like him walking in signs, miracles, and wonders, she said, don't get jealous. You say, thank you, Jesus. Me too, Lord. This is the real me too movement right here. Because if God did it for you, God will do it for me. Come on. If God does it for me, God will, if you're believing for a miracle tonight, just like that boy received, you ought to shout right now, thank you, Jesus. Me too, Lord. I'm going home to a miracle. I'm going to get my healing. I'm going to get my breakthrough. And, and Pastor Brian, one more thing before we tell everyone to sit down and I preach, because I, I do have a sermon to preach. God spoke to my spirit, and I'm going to tell you exactly when he spoke to my spirit. He spoke to my spirit January 5th in the evening. God spoke to my spirit January the 5th in the evening. And he told me, now I've only said it publicly two times, and like not like public, public, because it sounds crazy. But you all are crazy people. I just sat through an hour and 31 minutes a Pentecostal. I got a feeling you're not used to normal church anyhow. He spoke to my spirit the evening of January the 5th. And he told me that in 2022, my eyes were going to see 100,000 people baptized in the Holy Ghost. 100,000. That's what he told me. That was January the 5th. Two days ago, I saw over 350 baptized in the Holy Spirit in one service. Today is January whatever, and I've seen almost I've seen close to 1,000 already this year. Now, here's the thing. A pastor who I'm not very close to from Delaware. He's a man of God, but we're, I mean, we don't talk all the time. His name is Pastor Apostle Dale Mast. He called me January the 6th. This is impromptu. There's no way I could have, but obviously I'm building up to something you said, but Apostle Mast uh, called me and he said, I'm going to try to play this for you. God said, I'm about to snap a line in the heavens it's going to give you greater access even around the world and i felt like this you i i saw you standing in front of a group of a hundred thousand people oh oh i I, hold up you got to hear the rest of what he said access even around i saw you standing in front of a group of a hundred thousand people and you 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 looked up and God said, are you ready for the fires of revival? That was the second confirmation. I hadn't even told my wife yet that God had told me my eyes were going to see 100,000 people baptized with the fire of the Holy Ghost. And then Apostle Mass calls me the next day and he says, I had a vision and I saw you standing in front of 100,000 people and they were baptized with the fire of the Holy Ghost. The next night, I was with evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth, and he was closing out the altar call, and he said, Brother Tony, this is going to be the greatest year of harvest we've ever seen, and he said, I got a hunch that we're going to see 100,000 people saved at the crusades. 
people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Sound like you believe it. Sound like you. Sound like it's done. So I'm coming to Los Angeles. To where God birthed the Azusa Revival. Where God took a blind African-American preacher. God did every stereotype that you can argue about from the early 20th century. God said, I'm going to mess them all up. I'm going to send them an African-American man. I'm going to send them a handicapped man. I'm going to send them to a barn to pre- I'm going to I'm going to have all the decks stacked up against them for why it shouldn't happen so that no one says it was the charisma of man. No one will say it was the wisdom of a man or a woman, but they will have to confess this is the work of the Holy Ghost and I stand before you with apostolic authority and I prophesy to you thus saith the Lord of God hosts I am about to do it again I will leave them dumbfounded I will leave them in awe but they will confess this is the work of the Holy Ghost give him praise in this house right now All my life, I heard revival was coming. All my life. I've been waiting for it. I've been looking for it. And I've even chased it. And God rebuked me at the beginning of last year. He said, I didn't call you to be a revival chaser. That's when my ministry changed. Everything changed. I was in the pulpit of Fresh Start Church. All right, fresh starts in the house. Ironically, a year ago next week, I was in the pulpit at Fresh Start. I was preaching a sermon, and God interrupted my sermon. It came out of my mouth because everybody's been chasing revival. We chased them to Brownsville. We chased them to Toronto. We chased them to Lakeland. We're always, and God, I said it, God didn't call us to be revival chasers. God called us to be revival makers. Mark 16, 16 through 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. If you're a believer, revival ought to be chasing you. You ought to be making revival everywhere you go. The sick ought to be healed. Demons ought to be trembling. People ought to be set free. And I declared at that church, and I declare it over you. Revival is not coming. Do you hear me? Revival is not coming. Avivamiento no viene. Revival is here. El avivamiento está aquí. I said it's here. These are the days that were spoken of by the prophet Joel. When he said in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out upon all my spirit upon all flesh. This is that. We are alive for the greatest days that the church has ever seen. 
you think you're going to get to heaven and say, hey, Peter, tell me what it was like in the upper room. But you're going to get to heaven and Peter's going to say, hey, Come on. tell me what it was like under the tent in Los Angeles. Yeah. Come on. Tell me what it was like in that crusade in El Salvador. When crooked eyes went straight. Tell me what it was like when no one believed in you and no one thought you were going to do anything and God laughed from heaven and said, watch what I'm about to do with the things the world despises. I got a hunch David is going to come up to you and say, what did it take to get a red microphone? Glory to God. How much you got to pay for that upgrade? Glory to God. You could be seated in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> Mercy. What a church. My God. Don't ever take this uh, for granted. You ought to thank God every day that he planted you right here. Because you could have ended up over there. But God brought you to a revival church with amazing worship, amazing leadership. Amen. Amen. And I'm thankful for you. We had messages today that people drove in from San Diego. People have come in from around Cal. Oh, there's San Diego's in the house right there. Look at that. My goodness. Different parts of California. Didn't know Fresh Start people were going to be here tonight, but here we are. My, my, my. I heard somebody came all the way from Tennessee. Lord, I mean, it's just, I mean, they're coming from everywhere. I'm excited for what God's going to do. He's going to blow our minds this year. I'm going to tell you one more thing. I feel liberty in this house to prophesy. I know where I am. And I'm going to prophesy right here in this state. This virus is about to disappear. Now listen to me. They will say it's like magic. They're going to say, it's, it's like magic. It just disappeared. But you will know it was the hand of the Lord. I'm prophesying to you. They said it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But God said their word isn't final my word is. It's about to disappear. It's not going to be a threat anymore. We're God setting this land free in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I had a vision and I saw a slimy purple glob slithering off of the map of the United States. But I saw its Tentacles. You remember, for any of you that are ch children of the 80s or the 90s, you remember when you didn't have a lot of money and you put 25 cents in that machine to get that, that, that rubber hand thing that you... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And then you take that thing of Pizza Hut and throw it at somebody's table, try to steal their tip money. I called you out. I feel your spirit in this house. Spirit of the cholo, I rebuke you. Anyways, well, you know what I'm talking about. I don't even know what they're called, but I go like that, and you're like, oh, yeah, I had two of those. <laughs> I saw that spirit slithering off of the map, but I saw it 
throw a tentacle out, and it had its hand over Wall Street. And I saw its other tentacle go out, and it was holding Washington, D.C. That spirit, and I saw it slithering off the western part of the United States. It was going back into the Pacific Ocean, but it was trying to hold on to government. And it was trying to hold on to finances. But I rebuke that. I tell it, you loose your grip over our nation. You loose your grip over our finances. And let this thing be done with, over and done with, and let it be now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, we go home. I guess I'm done. I don't know what else to say. Hallelujah. I have preached many a prayer cloth service. I have never seen a church put out these kind of fancy prayer cloths for the people. My God, there's a lot of money and handkerchiefs in that basket right there. I didn't come to waste time tonight. What about you? I didn't come hoping. I hope somebody gets healed. Fingers crossed. Well, I hope. I hope God shows up. I was born and raised in Chicago. That's how Chicago Cub fans go to the Wrigley Field. <laughs> hoping. They lost for 107 years and they'd go hoping. I hope they win. I got five kids at home, a beautiful wife at home. I didn't leave my family and fly all the way to Whittier, California saying, I really hope somebody gets healed tonight. I really hope, I really hope Jesus shows up. I came in here with expectancy, not hope. I came in here decreeing and declaring that before I get back on that airplane, hundreds are going to be healed. Hundreds are going to be touched. Hundreds are going to be filled with the baptism. I, I, I didn't come here hoping. I came expecting. I'm like a kid on Christmas. I'm looking for what God is about to do. I give honor to your wonderful pastors. These wonderful people of God. Doing a, doing a great work, not just in Whittier, but they're touching the nations of the world. I am beyond, in, in, not that, you know, what I feel, but I'm beyond impressed. I feel like the Queen of Sheba tonight. I didn't know the half of it. I just, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Maybe I need to get in a better gossip circle because no one had told me all that God is doing with you and through you. And what impresses me very much tonight, Brother Frank, is that there is an old-fashioned anointing of Pentecost in this room. But this is a very young crowd. This, it, it's, it's actually, if I can be frank, no pun intended, um, that's the second time that dad joke has slipped today. I'm sorry. This is abnormal because most places the young people have never been exposed to this kind of an anointing. But you're in a house where the former and the latter has come together. This is old time Pentecostal power. 
with modern faces, modern music, but it's the same Pentecostal power that saved our grandmamas and our grandfathers and our aunties and this thing hasn't changed. The Holy Ghost hasn't changed. The anointing hasn't changed. And this is a house where you have the raw, authentic power of God. Don't ever, ever lose it. Amen. Amen. Well, I got another sermon to preach. I guess I've already preached a few tonight. I'm going to the book of Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. Libro de Mateo, capítulo 8, versículo 5. Amén, hermanos. Quizás predico todo en español y para ver si los demás tienen el don del, de, 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 de la interpretación de lenguas. Vamos a ver. I might test your Holy Ghost tonight. I might preach the whole thing in Spanish and see if you got the, the, the interpretation of tongues. You can't. Listen, there's just something different about Spanish Pentecostal. I just, just <laughs> when you go into Spanish, it just hits different. Glory to God. <laughs> Matthew 8, verse 5. Lord Jesus, help me keep my composure tonight. Catch that holy laughter and stir up controversy in the house tonight. Amen. Matthew 8, 5. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said. Someone say, Jesus said. That's the most important part of this message. Those two words. Jesus said. Jesus dijo. I could wrap it up and go home and we could go get whatever it is that you get when you leave here in Whittier. With just those two words. That's the most important part of the story. Jesus said. Jesus said. I will come and heal him. And the officer said, I am not worthy for you to come into my home. Just say the word. Simplemente di la palabra. Y mi siervo será sano. Just say the word. And my servant will be made whole. Father, use me for your glory tonight. Speak through me. Touch our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to discern what the Spirit is saying. And I ask that you would confirm it with signs, miracles, and wonders that when we go home, we'll say, surely we have been in the presence of God. And I declare it done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. We are living in a time where there is no trust. We just don't trust anybody. We don't trust each other. We don't trust the government. We don't, we don't trust the media. We, even, we don't even trust our own families most of the time. When I was growing up in church, a preacher would get up and preach. And if you question the pastor, 
See, how do you know that's true? The pastor would say, "Because I said so," and that was enough. Now, when someone preaches, we go to the 67th book of the Bible called Google <laughs> to fact check the preacher to make sure it's accurate. Now, I'm not against that because I don't think anybody should be manipulating, lying, or exaggerating. But the reason we're fact-checking is because we don't trust because of what's happened to us. Because everyone in this room has met a talker who talks, 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 and talks and doesn't live up to their word. So now we got these trust issues. I'm old enough that, to tell you that when I was growing up, there wasn't always caller ID. I'm old enough to tell you that there was a time that the phone would ring in your house and you were happy that it rang. You didn't say, oh, another spam call. <laughs> the phone would ring. There, I'm old enough to tell you there was a time when the phone would ring and the family would collectively get up and join around the phone in a circle. Oh, the phone has rung. Hello, Suarez residents. Now you fake an accent when you answer, Hello? You got white people saying, bueno. And you got Mexicans saying, hi. Because you're nervous because you don't trust anybody. There was a day someone would ring the doorbell. For you, leave it to Beaver fans. Someone would ring the doorbell and you'd say, oh, someone's come to visit. Now, the doorbell rings. And your sin is exposed because you think it's the police. The doorbell rings and you're like, close the blinds, hit the floor. You got your kids. And they peek and you're like, get out of the window. Turning the lights off. And then you go peek and you're like, ah, just open the door, it's your dad. Because we don't trust. We got trust issues. You got 50,000 websites about car buying because you don't trust the car salesman. Because someone lied. And that has spilled over into our spiritual life. Someone asked me why you see more. Now, first off. I don't like the statement, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. Someone asked me, why do you see more miracles overseas than you do in the United States? First off, that bothers me that they even said that. That bothers me that it's kind of been true for the last few decades. And I have made a decision that until Jesus comes, I'm going to make that statement false. And we're going to see miracles here like we see them over there. Amen. But they said, why is it that you see more there than here? And I said, well, there, he's their only hope. Here, he's our last resort. After everything else has failed. Sometimes we're getting out. And, and don't, don't, you know, get to feeling like you're the only one. This has been going on since the Israelites. They were supposed to be monotheistic. They were supposed to believe that there was only one true God. But history reveals that they were actually monolistic. 
they thought their God was better than the rest, but they thought there might be some other gods. Theirs just was just the king of the hill. And it's proven because every time they got nervous, they'd always go pull out one of their old gods out of the tent. They never got rid of their old religion. They never got rid of their old idolatry. They never got rid of their witchcraft. Por si acaso. Por si acaso que Dios no contesta mi oración. Por si acaso que esto no funciona. Just in case. I'm going to have a plan B and a plan C. When you go to crusades overseas. They trust. When you tell them that Jesus heals and delivers, they believe it. They trust it. And because there's trust, God performs it. This is spilled into our spiritual life because I will preach to you tonight and tell you that there is nothing that Jesus can't heal. There's nothing that God can't do. And as soon as I say it, a memory will pop up in your mind of something that didn't go your way. And you'll start doubting. And I stand before you by the mercies of God to tell you it doesn't matter how many men have lied to you. It doesn't matter how many systems of the world have failed you. There is one thing that cannot return void. It is the word of the living God. When God speaks, what God speaks shall come to pass. So when God calls your name, don't treat it like a telemarketer. Well, I don't know if I'm going to answer. What if God fails me? He has yet to ever fail humanity. He's not a man that he should lie. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it all. You say, well, I want to have that kind of faith. Then you need to get a word. The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 8 that after Jesus got done dealing with this Roman captain, Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Let me make it a little more plain and modern. I haven't seen faith like this in the church. It took a new saint. It took someone in their first love. It took one of those newbies that still believes that everything in this Bible is real. To believe God, if you say it, I believe it shall come to pass. Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of religion, but you believe in my word. Buddy, by the time you get home, what I have said shall come to pass. Ladies and gentlemen, you can come to this house tonight and not have any music, not have any electricity, not have any of these wonderful things, but if you get a word from God, it was worth the trip because if you get a word, you get something that won't fail you, it can't return void, it will come to pass, and I come to release the word of God over you, signs, miracles, wonders restoration and prosperity is your inheritance give God praise in this house but you gotta get a word you gotta get a word and then trust the word hay que recibir palabra y confiar en la palabra 
first you got to get a word. I was living in Virginia 15, 16 years ago. I had moved there, had a good life in Chicago. God had blessed me. Then I get called to Virginia Beach Pastor Church, and we have nothing. Nada. Naranjas. Zip, zilch, nothing. And we buy this little house with the little bit that we had. And we buy a house, and it needed appliances, and I needed a stove. So I went, this doesn't really translate well into English, pero yo fui a la tienda de los tres veces. Bueno. I went to the scratch and dent sale. And I went there, and you would buy things, and it had no, it, it, it said it on there. As is, no guarantee. It might work. It might not work. That's on you. Well, I got a lot of faith, but I didn't have faith in any of those stoves. So I go to the fancy store. I'm, you know, I was moving on up. And so I went to the fancy store, where, probably where you shop. I, you can't hide money. I could tell. And so I went to where he shops. And the sales lady came out. I saw this stove. Brother, I have never seen a stove like this. It had a butter melter. Listen, I'm humble. I used to melt my butter in the microwave. I didn't know. Had a butter melter. It had a chocolate melter. I didn't know anybody would ever want to melt chocolate. I was, I'm like, my God, this is how the other side lives. This is incredible. And the lady comes over and she says, it sure is some kind of a stove, isn't it? I said, oh, yeah. Woo. I said, I, I, I don't know. It's a lot of money. She said, sir, have you seen the warranty? I said, no, I haven't. She said, sir, you ought to take a chance on this. It's got a 30-day money-back, no-questions-asked guarantee. Take it home. Just try it. And if in 30 days you don't like it, it breaks, whatever, you can send it back, get your money back, no questions. So on that, I took the risk. Thing got to my house. is beautiful. And yes, I melted some butter on it just because. I didn't even use it. I just want to say, yeah, I melt butter. I melted. I, 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 I found out that M&M commercial, you know, melts in your mouth, not in your hand. It's a lie. I melted it on my stove. It was a beautiful stove. We had that stove for about three weeks. And I came home one day, and we'd had a kitchen fire, and the stove was, it had melted into the wall. Now, we don't have a lot of money. You know, just, ah, I just go get me a new one. And I'm standing there looking at my stove. I was 40 pounds heavier back then. And I said, my stove. Oh, my stove. My wife's like, you know, me and the kids are okay. I'm like, praise God. My stove, though. Look at the stove. <laughs> and I got to thinking. I said, how long have we had this stove? Don't you judge me. You stop it right now. Don't you? I feel judgment come off of you right now. Get there behind me. I started adding it up. One, two, carry the three, four. 18 days. I called the store. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. They answered and I said, um, 
it's not really what I expected after 18 days. And she said, well, for quality purposes, can you tell us why you want to return it? I said, no, I cannot. She said, can I ask you why? I said, because the warranty says no questions asked. Don't judge me because you would have done it too. Stop looking at me like that. Not all of us came for money, okay? A few days later, these three guys, tall guys, everybody's tall to me though. These three guys walk in the house. I can hear them breathing. Just, Where's the stove? I'm like, it's over there. <laughs> they walked in the kitchen. They looked at the stove. It was like a, like a movie. They just slowly, are you for real? Who do you think you are? What gives you the right? Beep, 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 beep. And just, uh, you know, stuff you can't say here or in the parking lot. Just, I mean, going off. And my hand is trembling. But I was holding on to my warranty. And he said, what gives you the right? And I, and he said, give me that. And he grabbed that paper. And he said, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm sorry. That's another story. He said, oh, no. No, 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 no. And the other guy said, it can't be. He said, yep. He showed him. The warranty said 30 days. No questions asked. They had to take it out. And they bring me a new one. Now, you can say that's not right. You can say that's not fair. You can say all the criticism you want. But according to the warranty, I had a right to do what I did. You don't have to agree with it. The store might not like it. But that's what the warranty said. 30 days, any reason, no questions asked. In my 42 years on this earth, I have met a lot of burnt out Christians. Because they haven't read the warranty. They haven't gotten a word. They haven't gotten a promise. They don't know that it is written that a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. They don't know that the warranty says, let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. No saben que la Biblia dice que el hombre justo cae siete veces, mas se levanta de nuevo. And so they're living in a state that they shouldn't be living in because they don't have a word. Now, when you get the word and you trust the word and God fulfills the word, you'll have some people looking at you the way you were looking at me over the stove. Because they'll say, you don't deserve restoration. You don't deserve healing. You don't deserve blessing. You don't. And you know what? You might be right, but you didn't write the warranty. He did. And I'm not subject to your opinion. I'm not subject to your criticism. I'm subject to what thus saith the Lord. Oh, give him praise. That's why you got to get your nose in the word. I've gone back to carrying an old-fashioned paper Bible. Because I don't know what hacker might try to edit that app one day. 
But I'm making sure I got it on the pages of this Bible so that when my son says, are you sure? Because I don't see it in my app. I'm going to say, baby, pull out that old-fashioned Bible. It's written right here. Um, I'm, I sound like an old fogey Pentecostal, but I'm getting, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting in your business telling you you need to get in this word every day. You need to be reading one chapter of the book of Proverbs every day to get wisdom. One chapter of the book of Acts to get revival every day. One chapter from the gospel so that you're getting the gospel in you every day. And then you read whatever else you want to read. But I need wisdom. I need revival. And I need Jesus. I need wisdom. I need revival. I need Jesus. So that when the enemy comes in like a flood, I can act like Jesus and say, devil, it is written. And when the enemy comes in again... that's how Jesus fought out the enemy. He didn't pray him out. He didn't fast him out. He spoke and said, it is written. And the enemy could not resist the word of God. And if that was true for Jesus, Jesus said, the things I do, so shall you do. So when the enemy attacks, you tell him, devil, it is written. By his stripes, we are healed. This nasty, foul, wicked devil is attacking our children, trying to pull them out from under the blood. But I speak back to that nasty devil, and I tell you, it is written. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and your house shall be saved. My babies are going to be saved. They're going to prophesy. They're going to praise. They're going to serve. They don't belong to hell. They belong to heaven. you got to get a word. you got to get a word. Not an opinion from man. A word from the Lord. Am I taking too long? Okay. I'm trying to help you. Thank you. But I'm leaving at 11. Oh, God, man, anyhow. I got, I got to leave before the, the... I saw the Elote guy out there. I got to get out there before... They don't have elote carts in Tennessee, let me tell you right now. We don't have tortas. We don't have elote. That's why I lost all the weight. But in, anyways. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, the word. You got to get a word. You got to trust the word. That's, That's the hard part. Getting a word and then trusting the word. Getting in there and getting it and then trusting it to come to pass and not trying to help God out. You know Abraham? Do you know him? Father Abraham? He had many sons. Many, he had many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them. So are you. Let's all praise the Lord. Left our Anyways. So. Father Abraham. I said left arm. Left arm. Father Abraham gets a word, okay? Now, I'm not actually prophesying this over you. I'm just using you as Abraham. Father Abraham gets a word. That's your wife? Father Abraham says, you all are going to have a child. What? Already there. (laughs) 
Okay. Man, I'm really glad I picked you to be Father Abraham today. Woo! Let me tell you what. I, it's working tonight, Pastor. He says, you're going to have a child. Except Abraham was about 70 years older than you are right now. And so was Sister Sarah. And Sarah heard, heard the word and said, yeah, right. That's a long time ago. That ain't happening anymore. But they have a word. So now they have a word, but then they start messing with the word. Because they don't see how in the natural that word can come to pass. So they love God. So they decide we're going to help God out. We're not going to wait on the Lord. We're not going to trust the Lord. We're going to get ahead of the Lord because that always works. And I'm going to coerce and manipulate and manufacture what can only take place in the miraculous. And so he goes and he lays with Sarah's servant and has Ishmael. Ishmael wasn't the son of the promise. It was Isaac. And in 2022, the earth is still having conflict with Ishmael because Abraham tried to help God out. I have learned that I create most of my own trouble, most of my own monsters, most of my own issues because I don't have patience and trust with God. I have a word, I got words, I got prophecies, I got promises, but when he doesn't move on my time clock, when he doesn't do it the way I want him to do it, when I want him to do it, with whom I want him to do it with, I start manipulating and I start forcing things, you're manufacturing what can only be manifest. Lazarus is laying in a tomb. Forgive me, he's on his deathbed. And Mary and Martha come and they say, Jesus, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And Jesus spoke. This sickness is not unto death, but to the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. That should have been enough. Imagine if you're Lazarus. I mean, you hang out with Jesus. You go to all the miracle healing crusades. You've gone with him to El Salvador and Honduras, and you're going to go to Colombia, and you're going to go here, and you're going to go there, and you're going to be at the tent. You know it. But now you're the one laying there. Now you know what Jesus is capable of, so you get a word, but then you see nothing. There's no, it appears that there's no movement. It looks like nothing is happening. And that's the true test of faith. Between word and fulfillment of word. Ahí es donde hay la prueba de fe. Entre la palabra de fe y el cumplimiento de la palabra. Ahí es donde la tentación entra para dudar en Dios. Y sacar la, la brujería de ayer por si acaso. Por si acaso que Cristo no contesta. Por lo menos todavía tengo a mi indio Tairobi ahí. Guardado por si acaso. Por si acaso. El profeta no me da palabra. Por, por lo menos ahí todavía tengo a, 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 a Walter. Jehová te reprenda. Just in 
case. I got my options. Jesus gives a word, and then it, it looks. What's your name, brother? Shalom. Brother Shalom, it looks like nothing is happening. So there's no shalom in the story because they're nervous. Jesus tells the disciples, Lazarus is sleeping. Let's go wake him up. And they said, because they still don't understand who Jesus is. They still think this is just a, a prophet, a teacher. They don't understand that this is God robed in the flesh, the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus says, he's sleeping. They said, let him sleep. He's sick. And it's as if Jesus said, I'm sorry. My bad. I was talking to you like the son of God. Let me talk to you like the son of Mary. Lazarus is dead. Let's go pick him up. Jesus shows up. And Martha says, you're late. She doesn't say, behold, he comes riding on a cloud. You old timers, he's walking and she never said, he's an untime God. Ah, yes, he is. No. Oh, oh, oh. No, she doesn't do that. She says, you're late. In fact, I don't actually think her name was Martha. I think her name was Marta. Because when you hear the same scripture in Spanish, you're like, ooh, she's Dominican. I can tell. <laughs> Jesus gets close and she says, Tu tarde. You late. You can just hear the Dominican in her right there. I just, I don't even care if that's not politically correct. I hear it in her. That doesn't come from pupusas. Eso viene morir soñando. Alabado sea el Señor. You're late. And Jesus says, Martha? Martha? Your brother shall live again. Second word. But she's lost faith. And she says, oh, I know. She gets sarcastic. Second reason I think she's Dominican. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. One day in the resurrection, we're all going to. Ay, yo lo sé, un día la resurrección. And Jesus is in, he's in this conundrum now because he's not really supposed to tell everybody yet that he's the son of God. And he says, ah, Martha, I kind of am the resurrection and the life. She said, oh, I know one day. Someone say one day. I know one day. That means one day in the future, one day far, far, far from here. I know one day in the resurrection, he's going to come up. And Jesus says, Martha, I am the resurrection. What you think is going to happen one day is about to happen today because I have arrived on the scene. Lo que usted piensa que va a acontecer un día, va a acontecer hoy, porque yo soy la resurrección y la vida. Jesus says, where have you laid him? And he gets to the tomb, and he says, remove the stone, and Martha says, ya basta, stop, enough. 
Jesus, stop. He's too dead. John eleven thirty five through 39. He stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. El yede. Ha estado muerto ya cuatro días. He's too dead. This is too impossible. I know I asked you to come, but this has become an impossibility. Thank you for coming. You can still get chicken with the family after the funeral. I know I got an attitude with you earlier, but, you know, as they say in English, and we're good. You can, you just. And Jesus rebukes her. Woman, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? I gave you a word. And the only thing you have to do is believe the word. You don't have to manufacture the word. You don't have to manipulate the word. You don't have to do all your only response. If you don't remember anything I say tonight, remember this part right here. Your only responsibility to the word of God is to wait on the word of God. He'll do the work. He'll do the rest. You say, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I can prove it to you. Put John 1 and 1 on the screen in English. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word. And that's beautiful in English. You got to see it in Spanish. En el principio era el. Even you English speakers, verbo, go with me right now. En el principio era el. Y el. Era con Dios y el. Era Dios. For you non-speaking Spanish, for you non-Spanish speakers, Deja eso ahí por un momento. In Spanish, it does not say in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In Spanish, it says, in the beginning was the verb, and the verb was with God, and the verb was God. Because when God speaks, he doesn't speak nouns and pronouns and adjectives. God speaks in verbs. What's a verb? It's an active word. It's a creative word. It's a word in motion. When God said he's going to restore you, that's a verb. When God said he's going to heal you, that's a... You say, what's happening between the word and the fulfillment? The verb is working it out for you. The word is removing obstacles and slaying giants and making a way where there was no way. Someone shout, I got a verb. This isn't just any old word. I got a verb. It's active, it's alive, and it's going to do what God said he's going to do. And all you got to do is trust the word. If you could put on Holy Ghost glasses and see in the spirit realm, you would see prophecies that were spoken over you. Words of God, because they're alive. La palabra de Dios es? The word of the Lord is alive. It's a living thing. In the beginning when there was nothing, there came a word. And a word brought everything into existence. En el principio cuando no había nada, había palabra de Dios. Y todo salió de una palabra. So when the word is released, that living word, because the Bible says he's the living word. Yeah. 
The living bread. That living word goes and starts removing obstacles. And the word, let me use this so you can see it better. The, the word goes and makes a way. Where there was no way. You can't see it, but, but you also can't make it happen. So why lose your cool rather than just wait on the word? And one day, you step into the fulfillment of the word. Martha says, Jesus, he's too dead. Proving that Martha had faith to ask, but she didn't have faith to receive. Martha tuvo fe para pedir, pero no tenía fe para recibir. Because when it's time for the fulfillment, there's no faith. But even your lack of faith can't cancel the word. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. I'm winding down in four minutes or less. So musicians, hustle. Wherever the red microphone went, hustle. Jesus said, Lazarus, here, I need someone to help me. Uh, I choose you in the red shoes. Man, you can't hide money. Get over there. Lazarus, come forth. Now, I, I'm not, I, want, I don't want you to walk towards me. I want you to hop towards me. Hop. That's how Lazarus came out, because he was bound with grave clothes. He still looks dead. He still looks like what he has been through. But I'm also glad that Lazarus didn't come out hopping on one foot, carrying a broken leg, or carrying eyeballs. Because you know when you die, deterioration does happen. Rigor mortis creeps in, and skin starts deteriorating, and creepy crawly things do, you know, and they, they start having lunch. But when Jesus said, Lazarus, scoot back. Lazarus, come forth before he could ever hop. It's my opinion that there was a bird flying in the sky that started having regurgitation. <laughs> and spit out a mouse that had to spit out a spider that had to spit out a maggot that had eaten the flesh of Lazarus. Because when Lazarus came out of the tomb, he wasn't missing anything. He came out better than the way he went in. Because when God speaks a word, he doesn't do a work halfway. Some of the way, he does it all the way. And I'm here to declare over you in the name of Jesus that when you come out of the hell that you've been walking through, you're not coming out with just a little bit of joy or just a little bit of money or just a little bit of a ministry. You're coming out with everything that hell attacked. You're coming out with everything that belongs with you. Not one thing will be missing from your life. And the last thing, because he still looks like what he's been through, Jesus speaks one more word. Lose him and let him go. Brother Frank, this word right here, I'm so sorry I've preached so long. But this next part's for you. This word, God gave it to me at my wedding. I lost my first wife to cancer. Five and a half years ago, I buried my first wife. I had an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 6-year-old that I still had to raise. There's a lot to that story, and I don't have enough time. But God helped me through the journey. I was mom and dad to those babies. I raised them in the admonition of the Lord. I'll 
fight for them like a mother hen. I love those babies. They're not babies. They're teenagers now, but I love those kids. And God saw it fit three years ago to bring Gina into my life. I married Gina. Gina had lost her first husband to cancer ten years prior. She had, her, her kids were five and one when her first husband died. And now God brought us together. I had gone to World Harvest. I had gone to camp meeting. Pastor Parsley had called me out and told me that God was going to give me seven times what I lost, seven, seven, seven. And there's four of us, and I wasn't going to have any more babies in the name of Jesus. So I didn't know how we were going to get from four to seven. And then God brought Gina, Mylon, and Macy into my life. Yeah. Seven broken people. And God made us one whole healed family. But it was at the wedding. I'm trying to have a wedding. I'm not trying to be a prophet at the wedding. I'm trying to be Rico Suave at the wedding. Come on, somebody. I had, anyways, I was, I was having a wedding. Not trying to be super spiritual at the wedding. And they were praying over us, and God gave me a vision, Brother Frank. I saw Lazarus, and I saw him in grave clothes. And I heard Jesus say, loose him and let him go. And this is what I saw in my vision. Do it slow so you don't get dizzy. Just start spinning. I saw, I saw someone pulling. Unwrapping him. And you know what? You know what was being unwrapped? He looked, he still looked like Lazarus the dead man, but when they said loose him and let him go, he no longer looked like Lazarus the dead man. Now he looked like Lazarus the resurrected man. He no longer looked like what he had been through. Now he looked like his word. And standing at my wedding, God spoke to my heart. And he said, Tony, today I loose you and I let you go. No longer will you look like Tony the widower. No longer will you look like Tony, the one that has walked through the valley of the shadow of death. No longer will you look like what you have been through, but you're going to look like what I'm taking you to. I'm giving you back your joy. I'm giving you back your happiness. And no longer are you going to look like grave clothes. You're going to look like life and joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I've come to declare over this house the word of the Lord by the time God is done with you you're not going to look like sickness you're not going to look like death you're not going to look like poverty you're not going to look like hell you're going to look like heaven you're going to look like money you're going to look like blessing you're going to look like healing because the word is at work for you give him praise Stand with me all over this house. I'm done. Some of you here tonight came and you're at different stages in the Lazarus story. Some of you are at the stage of Lazarus where you need a word. Some of you are in the stage where you need to trust the word. Some of you are at the stage where you're about to see the word manifest. Now, I know I've been all over the Bible tonight. 
But wherever you are in the Lazarus story, you need the faith of a Roman captain. God, just say the word. You don't, I don't need another sign. Forgive me for asking you that yesterday that if you'd show me a double rainbow, uh, then I would believe. Forgive me for, forgive me for saying that if you would do this. Forgive me for always fleecing you rather than trusting you. God, just say the word. And I know, I know my miracle's coming. I have seen too much in my life to doubt God now. I buried my father 15 months before I buried my wife. And in between that, we buried her grandfather as well. I've had more funerals than anybody should have to have. I've lived through the valley of the shadow of death. I've been tested and tried from every side. But I made a decision. I had about three bad years. But I made a decision. I'm not going to let three bad years cancel 42 years of the blessing and the goodness and the favor of God. Because I, I got a trajectory with Jesus. He helped me here. He made a way here. He forgave me here. Cleansed me here. Baptized me here. Used me here. He's done so much for me. I'm not going to let one moment of hell cancel out eternity in heaven. I trust the word. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not, I'm not preaching you a fake gospel that todo va a salir color de rosas, que si, todo siempre va a Todo siempre va a estar bien. Nunca va a haber dolor. Nunca va a haber enfermedad. I'm not preaching you some fake gospel that says that every day is going to be, a, you know, the color of roses. Every day you're walking on sunshine. Every it, No, 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 no. There are valleys of shadows of death. There are problems. There are trials. There are tribulations. And it's so cliche, it doesn't even move us anymore. But it's still true. In spite of everything I go through. Greater is he that is in me. Más grande es el que está en mí que el que está en el mundo. Greater is he that is in me and he that is in the world. So what, wherever you are in your trajectory, where you're, whether you're the Lazarus that needs a word, you're the Lazarus waiting on the word, or you're the Lazarus that's about to have the manifestation of the word. If you fit one of those three categories, and tonight you say, I, I got to get in that altar. I either need a word, or I need strength to trust in the word, or I came tonight to see the manifestation of the word. Wherever you fit, when I count to three, I'd get in this altar. I'd get in this altar like you were buying Topo Chico at the grocery store. One, two, three.
Hallelujah. 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 There's a few more coming. That's what I'm waiting on. Hallelujah. 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 I had no intention of telling the story of my first wife, um, but now it's, it's on my mind and I feel like I need to, I feel like somebody needs to hear this part. We had a word that leukemia was going to bow its knee at the name of Jesus. We had a word. And then she was at the brink of death and I'm, I'm, I'm a very transparent person. I didn't get it. Because I, I don't understand, because my, my word wasn't lining up with my reality. It didn't, look, it didn't look what I thought it was supposed to look like. On her deathbed, just hours before she passed, my son, in whom I'm well pleased, my son Cole, came to her deathbed and he said, Mommy, I really want you to come home, but I don't want you to have cancer. Daddy says there's no cancer in heaven. So if you have to go to heaven, that's okay, Mommy, as long as you, you don't suffer anymore. He said, but I'm going to live for God. I want you to know I'm going to live for God. I'm going to make you proud. I'm going to obey my dad. I wish I would have stopped him and said, baby, say it again for the camera, just because, you know, you're going to be a teenager later, and you, you'll forget you said it. Say, how can you laugh about something like that? Oh, because the joy of the Lord was our strength. He said, Mom, I'm going to make you proud. And he said, Mom, if Dad gives me permission at your funeral, I'm going to be water baptized. And he went and got his sister and his little brother, and he said, 
All mommy cared about was seeing us saved. He said, I'm getting baptized, and you need to get baptized, and you need to get baptized. You need the Holy Ghost. You really need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and that might sound foolish to others that are in this room, but at my wife's funeral, all three of those babies were baptized in that wonderful name. My six-year-old, my six-year-old did not come out of the water speaking English. He didn't come out speaking Spanish. He came out speaking in other tongues as he was baptized in the Holy Spirit at his mama's funeral. And first lady, you know what happened at that funeral? God gave me a vision. He let me see the fulfillment of the word. Because as I was watching my babies get baptized, I saw the spirit of leukemia have to bow its knees. Because that should have been our worst day. But our worst day turned into our best day because salvation came to my home. I buried her in the ground but I buried them in the waters of baptism. This symbolizes death. This symbolizes life. This symbolizes sickness. This symbolizes healing. This symbolizes grief. This symbolizes joy. And that day, like the New Testament says, I lifted my voice and I said, death, where is thy sting grave? Where is thy victory? Sometimes, sometimes the word doesn't manifest exactly the way you want it to, but manifest it shall. He's not a man that he should lie. His word shall come to pass. The spirit of cancer thought that we would never pray for the sick again. Spirit of cancer thought we would never continue having healing crusades. He should have left us alone. That same boy that made that pledge to be water baptized, about a month later we were in Orlando at TBN doing a healing crusade with my friend Jonathan Miller. And I was praying for people and I couldn't find Cole and I found Cole over on the steps over there laying hands on the sick. Now I never taught my kid to do that because if he comes into ministry I want it to be real, not manufactured. We got back in the car. I said, how in the world did you have the faith to do that? He looked at me angry. He said, I don't want anyone to ever feel what we felt. He said, so from now on, you don't pray for the sick alone. I pray with you. So now it's not just me. It's my son, my daughter, my other son, Gina, Mylon, and Macy. You should have left us alone, devil, because now we have seven times the miracles, seven times the healing, seven times the works. I have seen God heal more people in the last five and a half years than I did in 22 years of ministry, and cancer has had to bow its knee as the word of God comes to pass. So here's your word before I lay hands on you. Now, some of you came for prayer cloths. Now, if you're coming back tomorrow or Sunday, get yours tomorrow or Sunday. Is that fair, Pastor? Okay. 
if today's your only day or there's an urgent need, you go ahead and you take it and you take it home with you. But if you're coming tomorrow, then that, that way we make sure everybody gets at least one. Okay? Is that fair? I know some of you are coming for this. We're going to anoint. If somebody come help me and take all, all of my mess off of here because I made a mess. No, you take all of that, please. In a moment, we're going to pray for this. But first, I want to pray for you. It is written. That's why you got to get in the Word. You got to know what's written. Old Testament. It is written by His stripes. We are healed. But there's a second promise. In the New Testament, it says, by His stripes, we were healed. Because after Calvary, the word was fulfilled. So it's not that you will be healed. You, he's already done the work. And I declare over everyone that's in this house that is sick in their body. When I lay my hand on your head, healing power, miracle working power is going to flow through you. And you will be healed and you will be delivered. I feel strong in my spirit that there's some young people walking around in agony because they want to go to college and they don't have the money and they don't know where the money is going to come from. You don't need Uncle Sam when you got Father God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I got five kids at home I got put through college. But I learned that if I want to reap, I got to sow. So a few months ago, I sowed into two kids that were paying for them to go to Bible college at Valor Christian College right now. And by faith, I'm doing that because I got five. And the same way I sow is the same way I'm going to reap. God is going to make a way. And you won't go into crazy debt. Ask him. And then wait. On him to fulfill his word. Some of you are believing for miracles in your family. God knows. God cares. God sees it. And God feels it. He was touched by our infirmities. He knows your broken heart. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows what's tried to creep into your home. But it is written. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against it. And I speak over you the word of the Lord. That a standard of righteousness, a standard of holiness, a standard of peace, a standard of joy be lifted up over your home. I take authority over the spirit of rebellion the spirit of Absalom that would cause sons to rise up against their fathers. I take authority over the spirits of hell that would try to take hold of the hearts of our young people. Spirits of grief, spirits of depression, spirits of anger and rage. And I cast you out in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I declare as for me, as for us and our homes, 
our home shall serve the Lord. There's a covering of the blood over our children. There's a covering of the blood over our marriages. There's a covering of the blood and the death angel has to pass by. It has no right to come in. Rebellion has no right to come in. Suicide has no right to come in. Drug addiction, pornography addiction, adultery, drinking, alcohol, drugs. It has no right to come in because you're covered and your house is covered by the covenant of the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Now if you're sick in your body, I want you to raise your hands. I know it's been really long tonight. I'm sorry I went so long. I promise tomorrow I'll preach a little shorter. Maybe. But you needed a word. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. When I shout the word now, where, where's, that, where's that lady preacher? Where's the lady preacher? The one that I met upstairs. Come up here, lady preacher. Is she a lady preacher? Okay, I was going to say. Give her a mic, please. I want you to translate me from here. Is it on? One, two, three. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. Voy a orar en la de fe. When I finish my prayer, y mi oración, and I shout the word now, y yo grite la palabra, Ahora, I want you to shout in praise and victory. Because on the other side of your shout al otro lado de tu grito, is a healing and a miracle I'm going to pray over you right now I feel apostolic authority on me right now when I pray this prayer you shall be healed you shall be delivered by the authority of the word of God and by the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I take authority over sin sickness and disease and in the name of Jesus be healed be delivered and be restored
Make ready. I'm going to pray a few more prayers and we're going to get out of here. I take authority over the spirit of poverty. I take authority over the spirit of lack. Everything that's come against your job and your resources and your income and even against your investments. I take authority over the spirit of the devourer and I tell him to take his hand off of you. You're the child of the king. You're the child of the king. And that wicked devil has no authority over what belongs to you. I take authority over the spirit of divorce. I take authority over the spirit of suicide. That marriage belongs to Jesus. Those children belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. And when I count to three, you're set free. One, two, three. portion of it because it's I'll pray with you but however you're going to disperse it and do it you're the boss amen come here Natalie I want to pray over these prayer cloths 
The anointing is tangible and transferable. Just like in Acts chapter 19, when even the handkerchiefs of the Apostle Paul, we just declare healing. We declare this these handkerchiefs are going to go to people that are in hospital beds. Yes. They're going to go to homes where children and young adults and teenagers are on drugs and alcohol. And parents are going to put it in their bed and deliverance will occur. Victory will occur. You are Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. We declare you're a healer, a way maker, oh yeah, a miracle worker, yeah. a promise keeper. Hey, 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 hey. We declare, God, you will do what you say you will do. Oh yes. And we just anoint these prayer cloths. Twisted limbs be made straight, God. Heal things like cerebral palsy, God. Take people out of wheelchairs, God. Not by the hands of healing evangelists, but by the hands of your church, Jesus. We say by your stripes. By your stripes, by your stripes, by your stripes, by your stripes. Saturate these clouds in faith, Lord. Because of people united, because your church united under this anointing is believing your word. We say by your glory. We say for your glory. We say by your glory. We say for your glory. We say by your glory. We say for your glory. For your glory. For your glory. Jesus. Many souls saved through these miracles. For your glory. I see several people taking these prayer cloths into very dark situations. And God is going to do something supernatural, an unusual miracle. I see so many people getting delivered from drugs. I see so many people healed. Thank you, God. Addictions be broken in yes. the name of Jesus. Freedom come in the name of Jesus. Yes. Addictions to 
pharmaceuticals, yeah. addictions to illegal and legal drugs, yeah. addictions to vaping, addictions to nicotine, yeah. addictions to chewing, addictions to drinking. Every wicked demonic addiction is broken right now by the blood of the Lamb and the power that's in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm bold enough to ask it like our fathers used to do. When they try to put a cigarette in their mouth or a cigar or a vape, let it taste like dirt, like mud. Let them spit it out. When they try to pick up a glass of liquor, let it break in their hands as they're set free by the power of God. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And by the authority of the name of Jesus, I command you to be free right now. Pastor Rob, come here. If, like Pastor Tony said, if you're coming back tomorrow, wait for tomorrow to get your prayer cloth. Unless it is an urgent need or you're not coming back tomorrow. If it's urgent, take one tonight. Pastor Rob's going to hand these out. And I want you to come up here. If you need one, he's going to pray with you and hand them out. Now they want you to pray. 